0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up His Word to you and allow you to see Him and to know Him and to know His will, that you might glorify Him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 15, and we're finishing it up. We've crossed the Red Sea. The armies of Egypt have been destroyed, and we went to the bitter waters of Mara. And we talked about how bitter it is sometimes when you kind of look back and reflect on your life in the past and the loss, losses that you've had and, the, and really the things that you've missed out on that God had for you. The water can be bitter there. And we talked about dying to oneself in the picture of the tree falling. And that ultimately bringing about a that ultimately bringing about sweetness to the water because when we die to ourselves and and cast ourselves into the Holy Spirit or allow the Holy Spirit to fully engulf us, the water becomes sweet and it's good. And God opens doors and He does big things when we allow the Holy Spirit to have its full course and work in our lives. Now, once that happens. God takes us to a place. God begins to take us to a place where there is plenty of water, where the spirit is moving freely. I want you. I want to read the last two verses this chapter and kind of look at how how the context changes and how Moses explains to them what God is w- wanting them to do and what God is going to do, and then the result of God drawing them to Him and teaching them to die to themselves and to give him full control over the law. So it says here, uh, there, and actually halfway through verse 25, it says, they made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. Notice, it where the, where the water was bitter, he made an ordinance to them and said, notice, this is a general ordinance. It's not don't do this or do that. This is a, a lifestyle hack, I guess, is what we would call it nowadays. It's a way of living your life. It is a it is a expression of how to do life together and how to do life with God. It is a, it's God saying, this is how you should live. And it's not one of the Ten Commandments that reveal the holiness of God. It is one of those things where God says, look, if you'll just do it this way, it'll always work out for you. And if you'll just do it this way, these are the results you're going to get. And I can't overemphasize how important it is that when God shows us those things that we actually engage him, that we actually say, I hear you, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to orient my life. And a lot of times we don't orient our life. Sometimes we just take a diversion to see if what God's doing works. I see that all the time, people trying out God on certain things just as a diversion. And I'm going to tell you, you, you're never going to be great at anything, and you're never going to fully enjoy anything until you actually invest into it. That's true of anything in life. I hear people, I play golf. I played golf off and on for the last 30 years. But now, there, there was a whole time period, about 10 years, where I didn't play golf, not at all. But I have invested a lot of time in playing golf. And a lot of people who try to play golf, they just miserable because they can't do it, and they don't like it. They're miserable because they've not invested in anybody teaching them how to play. They haven't spent the time to try to to try to work out how to do that. How what is a good swing? What is what it, it's an investment, and so they're not very good at it, and they quit. I see people all the time investing in this new business that they have but they don't invest everything. They don't pour themselves into it. They don't pour their lives into it. They just do it on the edges. And let me tell you something. Nothing that you do in life is going to be very good or even great unless you're just unbelievably talented in that area. You're never going to be really good or even great at it if you're not willing to invest efforts and energies into it. If, you're, if you say, I'm going to try this church out, Okay, I, that always just a little bit bothers me. The best way for you to find a church home is to invest yourself into a church. Decide which church you think is perfect for you to minister in. For you, And people say, I'm finding a church that meets my needs. That's not biblical, not really biblical. God meets your needs. The church is where you do your ministry. The church is where you become who you're supposed to be in the kingdom of God. And I would find a place where I can invest myself so that i am being used by god the most in my giftedness and in in my walk of life I'd inv- i didn't that's how i find a church i'd find a church where i can do god's work where i can do ministry where i can be a part of what god has made me for where i can join him in what he's doing and so many times people just they just they just i'm gonna i'm gonna see if this church meets my needs Okay. The truth is is that if you go to most churches, and I'm talking about almost all of them, about 80% of what they do is the same. And that's the truth. Every church you go to, they sing, right? They pray, they have a sermon, people shake hands and introduce themselves. If you think about it, about 80% of what every church does is the same. The question is, is, that church, is the spirit moving? Is there a place for me to do ministry? Is there a place for me to not only be a part, but be a life-changing part of what's going on. These are the questions that have to be asked by people who are actually they're not searching for God, they're searching for what God has for them to do. And you go, there are people just searching for God. Yeah, I know. And those are the people that we're there for. <laughs> that's why we're that's why we're there. But if you're going through this Bible study, if you're if you've been if you've been following me on a podcast out there or you've been looking this up on on Facebook and you've been going through these in-depth bible studies i'm going to say that you're not one of the ones who is just trying to figure out god we're 15 chapters into the book of exodus when it comes out in podcast in a year or two that we're talking about we're talking about 30 or 40 or 50 podcast into the book of exodus if you're that deep into a bible study if you're studying god's word in depth the way we're studying it right here you're not one of those ones who trying to figure out who god is you're trying to figure out who you're trying to figure out god in depth you're trying to you're trying to walk with god in fullness and completeness you're trying to apply god in the big ways in life you're trying to make him the whole deal and if that's the case, and there are a lot of people who watch every morning on Facebook or throughout the day, hundreds of views, and then on the podcast later on when it comes out, they, if you're that person, you should not be going and looking for churches when, you're, when you move to a new place or when you go to a new place. You should not be going looking for churches and saying, saying to yourself, does this church meet my needs? You should be going to a church and saying, is this a church where I can serve God in? That's just the truth. And sometimes we have to grow up and figure that out. And when God, gives us, when God gives us these big, giant ordinances or these big, giant understandings of how to live life, we need to take them to heart and make sure that our lives are functioning in that regard exactly. He says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, what he's saying is, this, is, this requires not just hearing God. I heard you, God. No, no. You've got to diligently heed it. What does that mean? That means listen closely and do exactly what he says. Listen closely and do exactly what it says. If you will listen closely and do exactly what the Lord God says, listen to his voice. Know your God's voice. Know your God's direction. Know what he is saying to you. Personalize this. Make it very personal for you. If you will heal his voice, and you'll do what is right in his sight, meaning if you'll walk according to his will and his way. If you'll do that, he says, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. What he's saying is, know what he says is like that life's about. Know it, know it, understand it, make it actionable in your life all the time. Add it to the way you do business. Add it to the way you think about things. Make sure that you weigh these things out and you measure up your life to what God has said and what God is doing. And we're not just talking about general decrees that God gives us. We're not just talking about the general things that God says to us. We need to take it deeper and personalize it, okay? I know God says don't steal, so I don't need to steal, okay? No, we're talking about personalizing. Take the character and nature of God and make it a part of my everyday life. He says, if you'll do that, you'll give heed to this commandments the statue. I will put none of the diseases on on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Notice they, they're looking for water, and he's saying, you're not gonna be without. You're not going to, you're not going to face the plagues of Egypt. You're not going to deal with the struggles that they had to deal with. Why? Because I'm going to remove you out of those things. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to die. That doesn't mean that things aren't going to be difficult. That doesn't mean, as we talked about last night in the book of Daniel, that you're not going to have to go through the lion's den and walk in the midst of spiritual powers and allow the angels to protect you as you deal with the big things in life. That doesn't mean that's not going to happen. It, it, it In fact, it means it, it is going to happen. But when you do that, when you go through, the frogs aren't going to be on you. When the gnats come, the gnats aren't going to be on you. When the issues of life and the issues that this world causes around us, when that happens, you're not going to face them. You're not going to have to deal with them like they did. And let me tell you something. That is a powerful promise of God. It's a powerful promise of God. He says, I am going, if, you'll do, if you'll do my will and my way, I will make sure that the plagues of Egypt are not your plagues. I'm going to make sure that the things that you heard about happening to the Egyptians, I'm, not, I'm going to keep them from happening to you. And let me tell you, it happens in the wilderness. Their clothes don't rot. They have food and water. And God sustains them in the midst of, in the midst of what would normally be a place where they could not survive. God sustains them. He keeps them. He holds them together, and they lose nothing. They don't lose they don't lose their animals. They don't lose, they don't lose their, their children and their friends. They don't, they're not having to deal with battles and wars where they're facing hundreds and thousands and thousands upon thousands of casualties. Any conflict they have, they totally destroy them. They are being sustained in the midst of the battle. And then when the time for the Lord comes and the time to, to go home happens, they go home. But the whole point is that he is not going to treat them like the world. And they're not going to have to deal with world things. Now, are they going to have to deal with spiritual things? Are they going to have to deal with the reality of what really is going on in life and in this world? Yeah. Yeah. But that was what you were made for in the first place. That's not a a problem. That's a good thing. That's what you were made for in the first place. And you should be excited about it. You should be Fired up about it. You should, you should, in your own heart and your mind, you should, you should, you should relish the opportunity to, to walk as your Savior did. He knew all the spiritual forces that were arrayed against him and that were all the spiritual activity that was going on around him. He could deeply and, and intimately see the pain and the suffering and give grace to those around him who were struggling. He understood the hearts and the intentions of the people around him. And by seeing those things can be very depressing and devastating. They can be. But having that revelation from God of how things actually are and how people actually are and what's going on around you can be very, it can be very disconcerting, but it also can be very uplifting and powerful. And when that happens in your life, and let me tell you something, if you're, if I'm talking, to, if it seems like I'm speaking another language to you, I'm telling you it can happen. And it's not just for pastors and it's not not just for a few people. It's for everyone. God can reveal to you the mysteries of life and the mysteries of this world. He can reveal to you the spiritual activities that are going on around you, and he can reveal to you the hearts and the intentions of the people around you and their struggles and their difficulties, and he can make it plain to you as plain as if they came up there and spilled their guts to you right there in front of you. He can make it plain to you before they ever say a word. And you know what? You don't have to deal with all the little bitty issues of Egypt. You don't have to deal with those things. See, all those issues were all physical they were all plagues that had to do with their rejection of God. And you don't have to deal with that because the things that come from the rejection of God are not coming on you in your life. And let me tell you something. God does that for his people. He says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord who heals you. I'm the lord who heals you i'm the one who heals the pain of your past before you walk with me i'm the one who heals the scars of your flawed nature and your flawed character i'm the one who overcomes the struggles of your life in your day i'm the one who heals i'm the one who makes you whole again and god says that and let me tell you being whole doesn't always mean physically In fact, more importantly, being whole is a very deep spiritual thing. A lot of people have a lot of physical ailments and calamities, problems and struggles. I understand that. But being healed of the pain and the darkness of sin, being healed of the loss that we face as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, being healed from those things, sometimes is even more powerful. It's even greater. And so what he said is, I'm going to be the one who makes, makes your heart, that gives you peace and joy. He says, verse 27, then they came to Elam. There there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. They come to, or really, they went to a resort <laughs> want to know the truth. As far as the wilderness is concerned, this is a resort he took them to. He, the, the twelve palm tr- palm trees obviously stands for Israel. It's a picture of peace and it's a place of peace and then obviously the twelve wells are a picture of, of God's provision for them and then the seventy palm trees is a complete picture of complete peace. The palm trees are peace. Seventy or seven or seven hundred or seven thousand. Anytime you have a seven, it's a complete it's a complete number and twelve is a full. You have the fullness of the Spirit because you have these wells of water. And remember, Jesus said, I'm placing you a well of water that will well up to eternal life. Wells of water are pictures of the Holy Spirit fully and completely filling you and then overflowing upon you. And the palm trees are peace. And so he says, if you'll follow my, if you'll chase after me and do my ordinances, I'm going to give you a complete filling of the Holy Spirit. Be you continually filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going, I'm going to make that well of living water flow up and overflow in your life. You're going to have more than you need. And I'm going to give you complete peace. I'm going to give you peace in the midst of the storm. I'm going to give you, that's how Jesus can sleep in the storm. I'm going to give you peace in the midst of the valley. I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you to be to not walk in fear and doubt but I'm going to teach you to walk in power and peace. And that's a good promise, isn't it? And uh, there's great healing in that. In fact, uh, there's healing of thought and heart and mind. And uh, if you do what God says and begin to walk with him and begin to become who he made you to be, there's going to be the fullness of the Spirit and great peace that comes. I pray that will be the case for you. I expect it will be.